Blog Talk Radio. In much less detail, the podcast where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Here are your hosts, Jay and Dre. Y'all know what time it is. It is time for a much less detail the podcast. Here with you live on a Saturday night, November the 17th, 2018. I'm Dre, he's Jay, here for week 11 in the NFL as the season rumbles along the week before Thanksgiving. We got a not a full slate of games. We got six teams on by this week, so we got the uh, the limited amount of games, but of course we got the two big main event games coming up for the evening games, the primetime matchups on Sunday night and Monday night is what everyone is going to be looking forward to here in week 11. But first, we got started on Thursday night with a, a very compelling matchup between the Packers and the Seahawks. And I feel like I should definitely turn it over to Jay for the full breakdown because this is the man, if you haven't been listening, that has been on the Mike McCarthy death watch for quite some time now. And boy, did his decision-making and and choices get a lot of press and a lot of people talking the morning after that Thursday night affair. And Jay was on the Packers for that game, so I'm sure he's got a lot of things to talk about on text. He was telling me that the the, the last-minute decision, uh, the last possession to punt away was just one of many issues and many problems that uh, the Packers had on Thursday night. So, I turn it over to Jay. Take it away. So what I figured out is like if we actually had a production staff, you know, somebody who could pour through all the hours and hours, the the, the probably 500 hours that we've put out on the air, which would be virtually impossible for us to dig through it. But I, I would love for somebody to go back and find how long I have been uh, sort of uh, railing against and calling – calling for Mike McCarthy's job because it's not, this is, I'm not one of these Johnny come lately's here, you know, I'm not one of these people. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) This is not something that has been going on for, you know, the last four or six weeks or just this season. No, this is, this is something that's gone back um, quite some time and, you know, and it's, it does feel like the death watch. I mean, I, I think that's just the, the feeling that I get. And I think that's the feeling that a lot of people got when the Packers hired a new GM, and then decided uh, that they were going to let Mike McCarthy kind of rot on that one when the last year of a contract. So it, it, it is a dead man walking situation, but he's not doing anything to earn his, you know, his future. He hasn't really shown any, you know, any real creativity or any ability to kind of get this team going. It seems like there's a rift between him and Aaron Rodgers, and, you know, it's real hard. I'm not going to pile on the guy too bad for basically what amounted to getting hooked. Basically, you know, when I, when I picked the game that night, it was Seattle minus three, but, but you always have these spreads that are just like always a half point off and always your direction. I, w- I wish I could go back, keep track of how many spreads where I've picked the game. And then you've got the spread from your wager line or whatever the, the, the covers.com like pick site where it's like a half point off. Anytime I, I don't change my pick. 
it, it, it's like you get that half point and it goes your way. It, it, you got to be like 20 and one over the last <laughs> few years. So I give you credit for always seeming to have that half point in your back pocket. Cause every line going into that game that I was, when I was picking the game, when I got home, every line I had on the covers.com site, four of them across the board had Seattle minus three. So I'm like, ah, whatever. So that's fine. You got the win. You had it at two and a half. So you set the line there off of the, the, the contest, which of course I can't see because I don't, I don't sign up for that. But if I, I, maybe I should, so I can actually pick with the spreads that you're using and not yeah, I, keep getting, not keep getting bitten the ass by the actual like lines that the public sees. I wasn't aware that you don't see those uh, lines from the no, contest. No. I, yeah, you have I to like that. sign up for it, or or you know, every time oh. I try to like go, go go to the, I can't actually get those lines, so I just go straight to the the NFL odds page for covers dot com. And yeah, it was it was weird. It was like two and a half. Well, you know, if I got the Packers, I mean, what's the, what's what's a half a point going to mean? Oh. Yeah, oh, no. what's the difference, right? Yeah, well, what's it going to be? Well, yeah, Mike, Mike, sort of the worst of Mike McCarthy was on display in that game. Useless timeouts, uh, not challenging that, that catch at the end of the game when the guy uh, clearly yeah. had bobbled the ball on the ground that ended up leading to the touchdown that took the lead for Seattle. Um, exactly what you said Mike McCarthy would do, ran the ball five times in the second half. <laughs> When you've yeah. when you've got so that Aaron Jones guy is clearly no good, right? Because because Aaron Jones going into the game or the Packers going into the game were first in the league in average rush per attempt, and Seattle was fourth from last. It was like one of the few combos where you had a team that rushed for more than five yards per carry going against a team giving up five or more yards per carry, and that all amounted to Aaron Jones getting five carries in the second half and everything for the Packers in the second half, it looked like panic. Everything looked like a rush job. I know Aaron Rodgers has come out and said on that last third down throw that he bounced to his receiver, that the ball stuck to his hand, but it looked rushed. You know, nothing, nothing looked like it was on schedule. And it was like the the Packers looked like they were just sort of in, in panic mode. Like they didn't know what to do. And Seattle, Seattle to their credit sort of just stuck with their game plan. They pounded the rock. All three of their running backs had productive days, and the Packers kept getting out to leads and just kept giving them back. So Mike McCarthy, then after that third down pass that gets bounced to the receiver, decides that he's going to punt the ball away. His justification was he didn't want to give the ball back to Seattle right there if they didn't get it because the Packers were so banged up on defense. Um, um, but Mike, you just punted the ball back to Seattle with that <laughs> big defense. So, of course, the Packers didn't see the ball again because Mike McCarthy had wasted timeouts and mismanaged the clock and and not decided to go for it on a fourth down and two with everybody, everybody I assume is all oh, the best quarterback in football. He, he's better than the, you know, Brady, the Brady. He's the, he's the goat. Aaron Rodgers is the best. Give him all the money. Uh, well, if you're going to give the guy all the money and you can't get two yards twice, uh, you don't either deserve to be coaching or maybe he's not the GOAT. So hmm. I, I I really don't understand the decision-making there, but I, I, I did text you back after you said, you know, oh, I guess this is you know, going to be, you know, this boy, you screwed it up last night. There, if they go for it, they make it. He's a genius. There, you know, there, there's the two outcomes where – 
you're a genius, and then there's the two outcomes where you're going to get second-guessed. But that's why you're the coach, right? That's why you get all the money. It's for those types of spots. If they punt the ball back to Seattle and Seattle sits on the ball and Packers actually stop them and they have to give the ball back to Aaron Rodgers with limited time, we know Aaron Rodgers can get them into field goal range or throw a Hail Mary. Um, but it's the same as if the Packers would have gone for it there on fourth and two. Because you know if they would have gone for it on fourth and two and not converted, it would have been fire my Oh, Christmas. what did he do that for? Yeah. Oh, what so, an idiot. So I, so I'm actually not going to pile on him too hard for the decision at the end of the game. Other than the fact of you knew your defense was beat up. You're paying this guy all this money to be quarterback for you. You'd think he'd be able to manufacture two yards to keep that drive going, to get them into tying field goal range or to, or to take that uh, all the way and get the touchdown and win the game. So you can't take the ball out of his hand in that spot, but you're going to get, you're going to get lambasted if that goes, doesn't go your way also. I mean, you could go for it on fourth down. I don't think all the people the next day would have been, well, that was the right thing to do. You know, would have been, what are you doing, Mike McCarthy, giving up the ball on the short feet? Yeah, so uh, it, it's why I call it the death watch, because I don't think there's anything he can do right now to save his job. Mm-hmm. And that, that no. and, and we got to we got to see it all right there on display. I, I pretty much agree with all of that. I can't possibly pile on the punt either because it never occurred to me that it was a controversial move in the first place. And the reason is because no matter how beat up certain guys on his yep. defense may have been, if you were watching the game, there was one guy on defense for Green Bay that wasn't beat up that was kind of, I don't know, playing his ass off. Oh, my God. Some kid named Kyler Fackrell all by yeah. himself. Just he making was the plays Packers all over defense. the place. He, he was. was. The Packers he was defense. a one-man wrecking crew. I did. I thought the the strategy was punt the ball back. You got four minutes. Seattle yeah. has to run and it and, and try outs. to and two timeouts. Seattle has to get him two first downs to make it official and seal off. And credit to Seattle for doing that. Yeah. But not for one second did I actually think, oh my god, why is he punting the ball away on fourth and two? I, I thought that was the, the the strategy, and if he would have went for it, I would have been like, "Oh, I, okay, he's got he, he thinks this is the game right here." Okay, that, that's cojones. Let's go. All, all right, I'm with that. Let's let's see what happens here. I, I actually would have been. I, I was good either way on that particular call. What I was texting you about was how Mike McCarthy was getting destroyed specifically for the call to punt. He was getting yeah. killed nationally just for that particular move. And I honestly, I was surprised at all the, 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 the heat that he was getting for that call. Uh, all the other stuff that he regularly fucks up during a game just because he doesn't know how to actually coach a game, that's all true. That's all, uh, all that criticism is legit. Uh, and, uh, and like you said, it was all on display for everybody to see nationally. That call, no, nah, I don't think you need to, to slam him for that. I, I agree with you. I don't think he needed to get all the, get all the heat for that particular call. Yeah, so here's exactly what you texted me. You texted me and said, your favorite coach is getting it this morning for that punt. And mm-hmm. I texted you back, and here's exactly what I said. I said, he did way more than that, but that was a no-win scenario for him. If they go for it and miss, he gets torched too. But, yeah, he needs to go. <laughs> so, <laughs> so so, basically, I, 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 I saw your point, and I'm like, yeah, some of that was undue criticism, but it doesn't belie the fact that McCarthy's a goner. 
it, and this is this is what happens when you're you're at the end of a tenure is everything gets magnified. If he goes for it and he makes it, he's Riverboat Ron, he's Gambler Jack, you know, he he, he gets to live it up. He he gets to avoid the pressure for one more week. But when when you're on the, you know, when when you're on the death watch, it, it we we've been through this. We we've seen this with so. I mean, we we went through this with Dicka. I mean, and not that. This is a good analogy, but people who don't realize, you know, obviously that we're both from Chicago, but we went through this with Ditka where it was, if the Bears won, all the headlines the next day were keep him. They lost all the headlines the next day were fire him. And, I get it. I, we I see it. We went through that similarity. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it, it sort of feels like that you, you knew it, you were at the end of something and it was very similar. They both won a Super Bowl. They had a very successful mm-hmm. run. Um, but people are starting to realize that the Packers are pretty much a one-man show. They haven't really done much to, to surround Aaron Rodgers with, with, with any great talent. Um, and uh, he, he's, he's, play, he's basically playing on one leg. Equiminius St. Brown isn't a great was, talent, but watch your yeah, tongue. Mar- Marquez Valdez-Scantling. <laughs> I, I mean, all these guys, even Aaron Jones, was, who's sort of become a, like a revelation but he's an undersized back. He, he's not gonna. He's not gonna be a ten-year pro with the running back position. The guy's too small. He's sure doing all he can right now, though. He, he is. No, he's working for it. But you know, you, we've seen this too much with running backs. You know, running backs can have that two or three-year period where they look great. And backers have had a ton of these guys. James Starks. Um, oh my God, I, I could even think of a few other guys. But Starks jumps out at me. Or uh, Ryan Grant, right? Just guys mm-hmm. who have that sort of their window, and right now it's Aaron Jones, and he, he he's making the most of it. But when you've got the running, the guy who's clearly got the running game sewn up, and had a pretty productive first half, didn't have huge numbers, but he was extremely useful in the passing game. They did nothing to soften up that that Seattle defense in the second half, and all their scoring drives were sort of quick strike drives, like four-play drives for 80 yards, and just give the ball right back to Seattle and gas that defense that's missing people. Uh, not a good game plan. And, and running the ball five times in the second half, that's on the coach. That's on the coach. That's on the play calling. You've clearly got an edge over the other team in an area, and you don't use it. It's a very strange game to lose if you're a, a Green Bay fan when you're looking at – uh, the way Fackrell was playing on defense, when you look at the way Seattle was being the uh, the undisciplined team and coughing up false starts all over the place as if yeah. they were the road team in the Loud Stadium. And that's partially uh, credit to the, all the Packers fans that traveled to Seattle and made some noise and, and made Seattle jumpy, obviously. Uh, when you look at how Green Bay started the game just down the field like it was nothing, um, and you're thinking, oh, it's one of those nights. Uh, just everything seemingly in Green Bay's corner, and somehow you look up at the end of the game, and Seattle's got the the twenty seven twenty four victory. Uh, that's that's a hallmark of a coach that is on a death watch. So you've been calling this for a long time, and that's really was like how I, I'm I'm the one who won the pick, and yet I'm sitting there at the end of the game with my arms out, going, "How did they do that? How did they win yeah. that game?" <laughs> well, first of all, not only that, I mean the Packers gave up the Packers scored. I'm sorry, three points in the second half. Yeah, and we've and this has been, but this has been this has been a hallmark of the entire McCarthy era: run out to the big lead and and then hang on for dear life and watch it evaporate. I mean, go back and go back and watch that Super Bowl run they went on. 
where they went up huge in every single game that they won that playoff run and and had to hang on for dear life the whole rest of the game. Every single game. So this is this has sort of been their MO has been to to start fast and then get a little conservative or, or, or not have the play calling or the or the personnel to just to just sit on a lead. It, it was just just weird to watch because you, watch, you're watching. Watch, a, well, it was hard watching Aaron Rodgers having to, all these weird deep routes they were calling on third downs that were forcing him into these sacks. I mean, he was yeah, he looked like of, Matt uh, Ryan out there getting sacked on these third downs. That's the Matt Ryan of, move. A lot of long routes, a lot of long time developing routes, and and he didn't yes. have time in the pocket there, and he couldn't hook up with the, with those kids. St. Brown and Valdez Scanley just couldn't seem to get on the same page with those kids. Him, he and Devontae Adams had a huge night, but you need more than one, and uh, he could have used a second option uh, in in that situation, and those kids just didn't come through for him. So, I'm glad he cleared up that uh, that last throw that hit the turf because I just knew it got tipped. So I'm, I'm glad no. to, to see him clear that. It, I just knew somebody knocked that, that thing down. to his hand. That doesn't sound like yeah. – that, that sounds like a – that sounds like a an admission but not an admission. Like it wasn't my fault. It stuck to my hand. What? How does so a ball come out and stick say, to your – You couldn't just come out and say I threw a bad <laughs> ball. He's got to say, no, no, it stuck to my hand. What are you, Pudge Rodriguez with the pine tar? What do you mean it's stuck to your hand? What are you doing? <laughs> so, yeah. So now it's just, I, yeah. Now it's just a, now it's just a, now the clock is just ticking for for Mike McCarthy. Packers don't yeah. generally fire coaches midseason. That's not their 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 way that they operate. But he, they they could, and everybody would be like, "Yep, he needs to go." I I, I would not be uh, against that at all. Although I will just. Say for the record, there's, there's a, a one-person uh, uh, sort of measurement uh, that's only one person, but uh, the woman in my bowling alley who is from Wisconsin and is a, is a ostensibly a Packers fan, uh, she came up to me, when, this is Wednesday, or uh, actually last Wednesday, not even this past Wednesday because we didn't bowl, but last Wednesday she came up to me, and I guess she was hearing some of the criticism of Mike McCarthy and the Packers at that point. And her response was, those Packers fans are just, they're, they're insane. They want everyone fired. They want everyone out there. What's wrong with them? Those, those people are just so mean. They're just so mean up there. So that's only one person. But for, for someone that watches most or all of the games like you do, uh, you have had this opinion for quite a while, and I think everyone is coming onto your side now. Yeah, I, I've been I've been on board with this for for several seasons, and it's been well documented on this show. So the, yeah, yeah you, that's why I don't want to you know I, I don't want to get too you know detailed um, with why he needs to go because I, I've done it. <laughs> so right. I, I've got the, I, I I've earned it that that I'm not like just like one of these people in the media who says well you know McCarthy needs to go. Who just started saying like they hadn't even mentioned it up until this point now because it's become like a bandwagon thing to just pile on the guy. He's put it all out there for many many seasons now. Um, since, you know now that they're what nine years clear of that Super Bowl run. It's been a long time. It's been a long time, and uh, that that team's not getting any better. 
And Aaron Rodgers isn't getting any younger. And, uh, no, he's not. And I think they need to try to salvage the last three or four good years they might get out of him. That I'm with you. It feels like the house cleaning is, is, is nigh. Yeah. Um, all right. The rest of week 11 after that craziness Thursday night. Uh, coming up, we will pick all the games against the spread. Uh, before that, though, I will tell you about listening to our show as a podcast. You can come back to this show page uh, after the show is over, after it's through recording. You can listen to it as a podcast. It'll be a little bit of an after show after the live portion is over. Uh, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and you'll get the podcast Download it there as soon as uh, we are through recording. You can go to any number of different podcasting apps, and it will also download for you and come to you right then and there once you subscribe to, in much less detail, the podcast. You can always email the show with any questions or comments, and you will send it to inmuchlessdetail at gmail.com. Jason's opinions of Mike McCarthy and everything else are on Twitter at IMLDJTG. My opinions are at IMLDDRE. Our football opinions in the form of the picks against the spread are always being located and chronicled on our blog. And the blog site is inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com. And you are listening live. The only place you can listen to this show live is the website, blogtalkradio.com slash inmuchlessdetail. With that, on to week 11. And we never did discuss highlight games, but I think we're going to go with the two. I think we're just going to do the two night games yeah. that everyone's going to be okay looking forward that. to. And pick the rest of the games after that. So here we go. On Sunday night, tomorrow night, it's been flexed in that the Windy City gets some primetime action as Mitch Trubisky and the Chicago Bears host Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings in a game that will decide control for the time being of the NFC North. The Vikings at 5-3-1, and one, the Bears at 6-3. and three. Uh, point spread, uh, no surprise. The Bears are the favorite. They've earned that. Uh, here's your favorite spread again. It's two and a half. It's not three. Yeah. I don't know what lines you've nope, been seeing, but I'll tell you what I have all the way across the board. Two and a half. Oh, there we go. So, so no controversies in this one. The uh, Vikings are plus two and a half at the Bears on Sunday Night Football. Jason, who you got? Well, the two and a half only hurts me if it would have been a three point spread had I been going underdog. But in this case, I'm not. I'm going to take the Bears here on Sunday night. And it's, it's several reasons. Uh, it's been interesting watching all the media coverage this week where, you know, people are trying to pick this game. So the quote unquote experts uh, and the and the big uh, the big thing I keep hearing is well, this. This is what the Vikings got Kirk Cousins for. This is what they gave him all the big money for. And. My point is, this is exactly the moment when Kirk Cousins is going to come up small. This is exactly the kind of moment in prime time where you get to see displayed right out on the field why Kirk Cousins is not a $100 million quarterback. Uh, he, I believe he will wilt under the pressure against the Bears and that the Bears will end up coming through and, and, and winning this game. I mean, if this game, I may go the exact opposite way when they go up and play in Minnesota and when Minnesota has that home edge because the Bears are a different team on the road, especially Trubisky. But at the home, at home, they seem to have that confidence. That defense gets after it. They've got, they've got the fans on their side. They get that little bit of extra edge. Um, like, like we kind of talked about just with the, the team we just talked about with Seattle, where that, that home team, uh, that those home fans really give that, that home defense, that, that, that little extra jump or that, that little bit of moments lapse for that offense to have to react to everything. 
And boy, those, the, the Bears defense, it, it's been really good all year. One of the best, if not the best in the league that I've seen so far. And Minnesota is a very close uh, right behind them. Some people think Minnesota's defense is better than the Bears, but I don't think it's going to be better in this spot. And I'm, I'm just going completely with the Bears here because of the Cousins factor. And this isn't about the, the Bears and Trubisky or the, the running game that hasn't been the most fruitful for the Bears this year. I don't expect this to be blowout-type territory. But yeah, I could see the Bears winning the game on a on a last-second field goal in a, in a kind of a low-scoring, maybe like a 21-18, 23-20 type game. But I, I fully expect the, the Kirk Cousins meltdown. He's going to get strip-sacked. He's going to throw a pick. He's going to do something late in this game. That's going to tip the scales towards the Bears. So this is the prove-it-to-me game for Kirk Cousins. And until he proves it to me, I can't take him in a big spot like this on the road. Give me the Bears, give me the points. Or give, give me the Bears and give the points. Yep, give the – yeah, I know you're so used to the Bears being underdogs. I am too, yeah. but they're the yeah. – they're, they're the rare favorites. Uh... not qualify as bear whispering either. So no. They're, the, they're a home favorite um, in prime time, which is very rare. Very, very rare. Uh, we, we see the game extremely similarly. I also see it low scoring. I also see it tight. I don't see a blowout either way. Uh, so we're, we're definitely on the same page there. Uh, and I, I do agree that Soldier Field should be rocking and rolling and it should be a great atmosphere and the home crowd should be really, really loud and hyped up for this game. Uh, and I don't have a problem taking the kid, Trubisky, especially since he's at home. Uh, as you said, he's been so much better at home than on the road. And also the Minnesota defense this year, uh, which, yeah, I think on paper, most everybody would have them ranked over Chicago when the season began. Yeah, but A name recognition. Right. But they've been less than stellar this year. The, defense, the Minnesota defense and also Chicago's defense has been, of course, off the page great. So, yeah, Chicago coming into this game sports the much better defense. But Minnesota's off the bye. They they get a little bit of a, of a rest. They get Safan Diggs uh, returning back from injury. That's huge. They get uh, uh, Adam Thielen has to help out uh, Kirk Cousins a lot more than he has lately. He had that streak of 100-yard games, and uh, he's had some injuries. He's been banged up, so maybe the bye week does him some good as well. Uh, it was really star- startling to hear on the uh, Pro Football Focus podcast that the Vikings lead the league in pressures allowed uh, with 161 yeah. as a team this year. That's really bad news with Khalil Mack and the Chicago Bears bearing down on Minnesota. So everyone on the Vikings has to know that they have to step up and, and really play the, the game almost of their lives because if they go down here, and the Bears go to seven and four, and Minnesota goes to five and four. Uh, this late in the season, you probably can wrap up the division and, and hand it over to Chicago. Uh, so I'm taking Minnesota. Uh, they they need this game. They're going to be a little more desperate. Uh, their defense is probably not. Uh, they, they got a little more pride than they've had. They probably are, are looking at each other, going, "We're better than this. We know we're better than this. We got to come through and and." and Proved uh, how good we've been uh, in the past. Uh, if they can bring some heat on Trubisky, they got a shot certainly because Trubisky has been 
better at home, but under pressure, he has made some decisions that you go, okay, well, he's still a kid, obviously. Uh, and if you can rattle his cage, you can make him make some mistakes and make some bad plays, just like Kirk Cousins, when you rattle his cage, obviously you make him make some mistakes. But uh, like I said, they got the, the big weapons back, Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen together, uh, different offense, different team when you have both of them playing. And even more psychologically, I feel like Minnesota sort of has to be looking around after when you get your your doors blown off by the Buffalo Bills at home like they did, and you look up at week 11 and you're right there within a half a game of first place, you got to be feeling a little lucky. Like, wow, we survived that. We're, we're still, we're still in it. We're still right here. We have to come through. This is our chance. This is our spot to, to make things right and get back to the top of the division where I'm sure the Vikings think they belong. And I think they're going to come out inspired. They, they've had the big game experience, certainly more so than Trubisky and the bears. And I think they're going to play like it tomorrow night. And I think they're going to go into a tight, tough matchup at soldier field. And I think they're going to get the win. You like that? You like that? You say it's time for Cousins to choke it up, and I say it's time for Cousins to come through and not necessarily prove that contract, but come through with a big performance uh, in prime time. So I'm taking the Vikings. Wow. All right. So that's uh, that's pretty good. It's interesting. Oh, and I also forgot to tell you, this is my lock of the week. Oh, Doing it. You keep getting that your your lock is with the game that you're breaking down now. Yeah. Um, okay. So you you I, I just went I to my notes. Went to my notes, and I have this as my lock of the week, and I'll tell you why. I, I'm you know you know how good we have always done over the years of picking two weeks in a row. We're like trying to project the team out. You know, oh. where I'm going to pick the result well. for this week and next week. I fully expect the Bears to win on Monday on Sunday night and then go to Detroit and lose on Thanksgiving. <laughs> so just so you know, I, I, if the bear, if so pencil me down, if bears win on Monday night, it's my lock of the week. I have them going to th- on to Detroit on the short week and losing to the lions. I, I, I'm not sure would, how you- that would be. That would be, very like, you know, the team that goes and they, 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 they jump up and they take control of the division and then they have to go and play a game three and a half days later. And they're just not, just, just not in it. Just don't have yeah. their hearts in it. Exactly. Right. So it's, I'm playing that. I'm playing that right now. But so, no, I, I, I locked in the bears because I, I looked at a lot of the other games this week that I, I don't feel that great about. And I am so anti Kirk cousins in this game <laughs> that, I, I don't I don't see them getting a lot of traction against that Bears defense. I think that Bears defense is going to be ready for them. It almost feels like the Mike McCarthy death watch. It feels like the Kirk Cousins death watch. You're so against him. I'm not against him. I don't hate Kirk Cousins. I don't think he's worth the money they paid him. And I I don't find him. He's getting elite quarterback money, and he's not an elite quarterback. What he's hmm. never won anything. This. Um, so duly noted that that is your lock. I don't know how you usually do trying to project games. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't games out like me. that. Yeah, new, this, this that's usually my move. Me. Well, we we tried that with Atlanta because we we expected them to win the two games preceding the the Saints game, and set up that <laughs> it, that that fell off real quick. Yeah, but it's, it's usually my move, and I know I suck at it, so I, I yeah, don't know. Yeah. 
So maybe I'm good at it. I don't know. I'm trying it out. Well, we'll, we'll soon find out. Uh, oh, double whistle. Uh, on to the Monday nighter, uh, the Rams and the Chiefs. This is the main event of the weekend. This is what everyone has been waiting for. We were looking at these two teams back when they were both undefeated after the first three or four weeks of the season. Uh, and we're looking at this matchup like, wow, these two offenses, as, as great as they're playing, they're going to match up against each other in Mexico. Holy cow. Uh, oops. Uh, it's not going to be in Mexico, uh, as you already know, I'm sure, whoever you are that's listening, that they had to move that game. The turf in Mexico was all chewed up, so they're going to go play that game at the Coliseum out in L.A. where it's supposed to be played. So the Chiefs at 9-1 and one are legitimately on the road, and the Rams at 9-1 and one are legitimately at home, and therefore the spread is not a surprise at all. The Chiefs are three-and-a-half-point underdogs at the Rams. I don't know how much the spread got affected by that game moving from Mexico to Los Angeles. I suspect not very much. I, I, I suspect the Rams would probably be a, a three-point favorite, even if that was down in Mexico, because these teams are so evenly matched, and, and that's on a neutral field. You just go ahead and give it to uh, the quote-unquote home team, even though they're not at home. I don't know the. I don't think the oddsmakers would have taken that really into account, the, the fact that the Rams are not at home necessarily. But now they are actually at home, and so a little bit of money getting put on the Rams. That's not a surprise at all. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to this game, as should everybody. Uh, I, I detail a little bit on the last show about why I think uh, this is going to be such a, a high-scoring affair. Just whatever the over-under is, take it. It's uh, I believe it's the highest over-under in the history of the and NFL. 63.5 right now. got to go over got to go over to me uh, because this is not uh, a matchup of two offenses that are like efficiently methodically making their way up and down the field every week. These two offenses go bombs away all the time and they don't care who they're playing. They just go for it. And it, it's a very, very rare matchup of what I call elite offenses. And it's not just about the elite offenses going against subpar defenses, what I call subpar. So I have to uh, map out those definitions real quick for those who don't know. Uh, the stats that I like to use to determine what's a elite offense and a subpar offense, four and a half yards per carry or more as a team rushing the ball. That's an elite rushing offense to me. Seven and a half yards per throw or more. That's an elite passing offense. And on the, the defensive side, uh, when you give up that many, if you give up four and a half yards a carry and you give up seven and a half yards a throw, that makes you a subpar defense. Both teams average more than four and a half on the ground. Both teams give up not just more than four and a half on the ground. They both give up five yards per carry on the ground. They both get gashed on the ground. Both teams not just go more than seven and a half yards in the air per throw. They go nine yards per per throw. Uh, through the air, which is amazing that it's so rare to have two teams that both go over nine matching up like that uh, this late in the season, in week 11. There's a lot of teams that average a pretty high amount after the first two or three weeks, but week 11, that's that's very, very prolific. Um, And it it was one-tenth of a yard away from both teams averaging, giving up seven and a half yards in the air, but the Chiefs only give up 7.4. They're not a subpar passing defense because they only give up 
7.4 yards in the air, whereas the Rams give up 7.7. So just that close to being just a perfect match of elite offense versus subpar defense. But you get my gist. Uh, It should be absolute mayhem, bombs away, break the scoreboard. Uh, And you can't go wrong picking either team. So I, I... Definitely did not have this as my lock either. I, I also have this as a tight affair, just like the Sunday night game, just in a very, very different fashion, that's all. <laughs> I mean, very, very different. Uh, first defense to make a play wins, basically. It's, it's kind of rem- reminiscent of the Super Bowl last year with the Eagles and the Patriots. Whichever defense makes a play first, that's gonna that's the team that's going to win the game. Don't assume that's going to be the Rams. I think most people would assume that's going to be L.A. to be the first defense to make a play. Don't assume that. Uh, D Ford and Justin Houston have been almost about as disruptive uh, trying to break up quarterback uh, passes and make pressures just about as much as Aaron Donald and, and Dominican Sue and, and what the Rams have been doing. Don't sleep on the chiefs making the big defensive play on Jared Goff to get the victory uh, over the LA Rams. I think everyone pretty much thinks it's going to be the Rams making the big play on the kid, Patrick Mahomes, and finally making him make a mistake. I, I, I love what golf has shown ever since Sean McVay has come in to coach him. But I think Mahomes maybe has shown me even a little more as far as just fearlessness. Uh, he doesn't give a damn about anything. I guess maybe the first time I see Jared Goff make a left-handed throw on the run, maybe I'll say that he's as fearless as Mahomes. But yeah, I, Mahomes is just he he just doesn't care. He just goes all out. Uh and Andy Reid is just having so much fun coaching him. Uh, you can tell that it's just a different completely different style now that he's got Pat Mahomes instead of uh, Alex Smith. So uh, I'm very 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 small margin. By a very small margin. I'm I'm going to take the Chiefs to go on the road and and get the upset win in LA even though the game has been moved back to LA. That's going to be a great atmosphere as well. Uh, but another big key, Cooper Cup uh, had been making so many plays for the Rams. Uh, they had that trio of, of receivers. They got the long man in Brandon Cooks. They got the shorter guy in Robert Woods, but he's got the speed to break anything and make it a long play as well. And then they had Cup in the middle over on the sideline making these big 15, 20-yard chunk plays all the time, just being a great possession receiver. Uh, and he's injured, and he's he's done, I believe, for the year. And this kid, Josh Reynolds, is going to take over to to take his spot. He's shown some flashes uh, here and there, but he's not Cooper Cup. He's not going to be able to do what Cup has, has done. So uh, I think that's going to be a big weapon missed. And I think I'm going to take the Chiefs in a very, very entertaining matchup to barely eke it out over the Rams. I completely concur. I'm going to take the Chiefs here as well. And, it, I don't, and it's not even really worth talking about defenses. I mean, because neither one of these neither one of these teams are going to play defense. You know, the Rams, the Rams, and the, and the Chiefs can both get pressure on the other team's quarterback. Um, the, the the Rams, I think, have uh, too many upfield rushers, which is one of the reasons that they just get run by. And you know, people are going to talk about how great Todd Gurley is and how he's going to be able to match up against that Chiefs defense. Uh, Kareem Hunt is completely. He's not bad. Yeah, so he's going to do the same thing going the other way. It's funny how when you look at these two offenses, they're almost like mirror images of each other. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the Chiefs still have more playmakers. I mean, Tyreek Hill is probably the best playmaker, most explosive player in the league. 
Uh, I definitely give the Chiefs the the edge at tight end. Uh, I have no problem saying that that's it's pretty close to being a wash at the running back position. I think Todd Gurley's a little bit more dynamic, but Kareem Hunt can can catch and and run and and he can do it. I don't know if he but Gurley's got the bruising ability too. So I, I think he brings that where, where I think Hunt's more of a, of a speed, shifty, you know, making moves on people guy. Where Todd Gurley will just run you over. He, he's got no problem running you over, running by you, um, or going out in, into the into the passing game. So so this is going to be Tecmo Bowl. I mean, this is going to be back and forth, up and down the <laughs> field. There's not going to be a whole lot of defense played. Um, I'm taking the Chiefs. Honestly, it, it's that hook. I I, I think that the, if the Rams win. I think they win by three or less. Uh, I'm not saying I'm necessarily getting cute here because I think if I had to be forced to pick a winner, I would pick the Chiefs in a very narrow margin in a shootout. The Chiefs have been in in those types of games. You know, They played the Patriots that way. Uh, they got the huge lead against the Steelers, got forced into a shootout. Um, the, the Rams – have been more disappointing. The, the Rams aren't blowing out teams that they should. And I think they've been able to hand us uh, or hand you or well, either one of us some, some cheap covers. They, 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 they couldn't, uh, they couldn't get the big spread cover against the Packers. That ended up being a close game. Um, the Seahawks made that a real close game. So I don't, I don't like the Rams because I think that the Rams have, I think they're a little bit more, fool's gold as far as the record goes than the chiefs the, the rams mm-hmm. probably should be seven and three six and four right now um but the explosiveness is is sort of held off a couple of lesser teams but they've they've had some some bad teams sort of hang with them i give the chiefs a, a pass before anybody wants to talk about that cardinals game last week because that game the chiefs just showed up they just said, yeah. yeah, we're here. We're going to, you know, that, so that wasn't really like, I thought they played down to the level of their competition. I think that they were bored. That just looked like a really good team that was bored. A lesser team probably would have lost that game in the big letdown game before the, you know, the biggest game in history that they were about to play that next week. They, they, they showed up, they took care of business and um, they didn't cover the giant, the, the giant spread, um, which is, which has been a big trend this year. But Matt, what Mahomes is doing has just been sort of otherworldly, what, what he's been able to do. And I know everybody keeps waiting for the clock to strike midnight and for the, the pumpkin to change back into the – or the carriage to change back into a pumpkin and for Pat Mahomes to turn back into Alex Smith because that's the only point of reference that people have is that, oh, you know, Andy Reid was in this position with Alex Smith and well, Alex Smith went to shit. Uh, Alex, don't please don't compare Pat Mahomes and his, and his talent and arm talent and and what he's been doing with field vision and everything to Alex Smith, please, just just stop, <laughs> just 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 give it up, people. The, the, these guys are not even close uh, to being each other. And Andy Reid is running that offense through Patrick Mahomes like he's a ten-year pro, and and he's stepping up. It, 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 it's just it, it, it's it's wizardry, offensive wizardry is what we are going to see on both sides, and I, I can't wait to watch this game. It's going to be a great football game, but yeah, I like that over, and yeah, thirty-eight, thirty-five, forty-five, forty-two. It's going to be high scoring, but I think it's going to be close, and I'm going to give the slight edge to the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm. Uh, uh, you reminded me I can't of. Can't uh, wait. 
uh, you threw in a can away. You reminded me of what happened today in college football, which I don't know if you're aware of. I don't usually keep up with college football, but you want to talk about it. Uh, it's certainly not impossible for a team to just overlook a, a lesser opponent and just barely uh, hang in there with them. Alabama was a legit 50-something point favorite against the Citadel today. The, the, the Citadel, yeah. And that game was tied at halftime. But they and they only won by thirty four, <laughs> and Twitter exploded because they were tied with the Citadel <laughs> at halftime. So it's that's certainly what happened last week with the Chiefs and Cardinals. It would seem that they just kind of yeah, yeah. We're, we're toying with you, you we're think, toying with you. What do you think those two locker rooms were like at halftime? Citadel was probably acting <laughs> like won the college football championship in in that locker room at halftime. I'm gonna guess uh, Alabama's walls were peeling with uh, cuss words. And I'm going to guess Citadel's toilets were overflowing because all their stomachs were nervous. Like, oh, my God, we're tied with Alabama at that time. Holy shit, what the fuck? <laughs> well, it can't happen. But uh, I'm uh, definitely looking forward to these night games along with you. All right. Into the rest of week 11 in rapid-fire detail, oh, in, in even more less detail. And we'll start with the Cowboys and the Falcons. They're both four and five. They're both trending downward, and they're both probably not going to make the playoffs, but they still got to play this game. And Dallas is a three and a half. There's your hook again on the other side this time. Three and a half point underdog. Oh, yeah, of course I have. This is, you know, Falcons minus three. Of course. Of course. Um, all the way across the board. Yeah, so there's that hook. Man, I think you just throw these half points on there to mess with me. I have nothing to do with these threads. I do not create these threads. Now, especially now that you know I can't see the site where you get the spreads from. Now you're really going to be messing with me. I can really. No, I would have to know which way you're leading to do something like that. I never know. You might think that you might think that you're giving me a gift with the hook going uh, one way or the other. No, I I have every single spread. Why I fear this hook, but uh, Matt Ryan's been other. Matt Ryan has been out of this world. He's been a monster at home this season. Uh, I, I fully expect that he's going to light it up again. I was going to say in the Georgia Dome. In Mercedes-Benz <laughs> whatever the hell. The Georgia Dome, what is called the Georgia Dome. Um, they don't Matt pay Ryan's us to say the, the corporate names. I, I'm not taking Dask Prescott in a shootout against the Falcons <laughs> here, especially after the way they uh, sort of had that big letdown game last week against the Browns. I expect them to bounce back. I think that defense gets back into the little bit of form that they have left. And uh, I like the Falcons here. Yeah, well, I know you're joking about the spreads. So there's there's no question about that. But just for no, the record, I, 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 I know just want to, the <laughs> want to reiterate. Want to reiterate that when I read the fact that how every time your spread is slightly different than mine, you win the pick by that half point. <laughs> when I read the spread to you on the air, that's the first time you know what spread I have, and therefore that's you're true. the one telling me what you have off of the spread that I'm giving you. You always know the spread before I know what your pick is. So I can't possibly manipulate. I wish I could. Um, I completely don't blame you for not wanting to go with Dak Prescott in a shootout with Matt Ryan. However, that Atlanta defense is still beat up, and Dallas still has the least Ezekiel Elliott. They may not know exactly when to use him uh, at all times, uh, but that hook, that, that sounds juicy to me. That sounds like a three-point win for Atlanta, something like that. Uh, so I will take that hook. I will take Dallas and the, and the three-and-a-half points. Pittsburgh and Jacksonville in a rematch of the uh, not just the playoff game from last year, but the regular season game before that, where Jacksonville 
pretty much embarrassed the Steelers uh, both times, and this is not the same Jaguars team. So as a result, the 6-2-1 Steelers are five-point favorites on the road at the 3-6 and six Jaguars. Yeah, interesting spread. This was the game that got flexed out uh, for the Bears on, on Monday night, and this was supposed to be the game where, you know, Jacksonville was ascending to the top and, you know, no, it's Pittsburgh that's really been been going on the run here. They've got all the Le'Veon Bell stuff behind them. But I'm going to take the Jags here to spring the upset because I think they're going to be – if one thing they know how to do, one thing they remember is how to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. So you, it, You'd think so, so. I would think so. So I'm going to actually take the Jags and the points here at home to hang tight with Pittsburgh. You would certainly think that they would know in one year they would not forget how to beat the hell out of Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers because they did it so well in both of those games last year. What can I say? Come on, Jags. I, I know it's all about the narrative when, I, when I'm when i rooting for the Jaguars to come on and, and take out the Steelers. Uh, but look, narrative can be very uh, powerful when you talk about the Steelers throughout the years playing down to their competition and taking somebody for granted. When you talk about baby Terminator, James Conner is, uh, he's the man now is there's no more Le'Veon Bell drama. He doesn't have to play his ass off to keep his starting job because he's got it. There, there's no competition anymore. Maybe there's a letdown there with him. Maybe he yeah. doesn't try maybe quite as hard as he did before. Uh, you know, it just feels like this is the spot for the Jags to bounce back. If they're ever going to bounce back, and be the team that they're supposed to be this the spot. Come on, Jags. Come through for me. I got the Jaguars. It, wow. And it's my lock of the week. Well, there you go. A couple of controversial locks from us this week. We we don't we sure don't we sure don't lock up the bad ones like we should, do we? No, and that's why we're not fourteen and, and three with the locks like we should be. We're we're either five hundred or in my case under it. <laughs> Yeah, since we started doing the locks, I still think I have a little bit better record than you. The well, first year, I oh, think definitely. it was over by now. It was it was almost over right. by Thanksgiving. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. First year, I was terrible at it. Yeah. Uh, Cincinnati and Baltimore in the AFC North, and this one is very curious because we got some quarterback issues. Uh, I don't know if you've seen anything any different, but I, I, I think from what I've been reading, the quarterback for the Ravens is going to likely be Lamar Jackson, but RG3 had to get some play, some practice time this week because Lamar Jackson missed some practice. So RG3 may mix in and, and play a little bit too. We we don't really know. We know Flacco's not going to play. That's all we really know. Uh, so with that in mind, Cincinnati, uh, this is how bad they've been playing at five and four. They're still a six point underdog at Lamar Jackson and the four and five Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I'm I'm not taking Baltimore in this spot with, with not knowing who the quarterback's going to be. If it's RG3, he's going to get hurt. If it's Lamar Jackson, he's a rookie who they didn't trust to just hand the job to anyways. I mean, Cincinnati's not good, but I think they're better than either one of those guys throwing out there in their first game of the season. Uh, yeah, I'll take Cincinnati in those points. I, I'm shocked this isn't Cincinnati giving points. It probably, it, I shouldn't say probably, it maybe would be if A.J. Green was, was healthy, but he's not going to play yeah. at all tomorrow. It's always a big difference when he doesn't play. Uh, and just to illustrate that, this is a rematch of week two on Thursday night 
when the Bengals at home beat the hell out of the Ravens 34 to 23 behind AJ Green having three touchdown catches. And we know that he's going to have three less than that tomorrow, but he's not going to play at all. Uh, but Vontez Burfick may return for the Bengals. So that might be a big deal. Yeah. I can't trust uh, uh, Baltimore giving six with Lamar Jackson starting either. And I know the Bengals are trash. Uh, and I know this would be a, a big time trouble spot if, if Baltimore tried to rely on the run against the Cincinnati defense with Lamar Jackson as a quarterback. Well, we can't really throw it with the kid. We don't trust him that much. Uh, so I, that, that's the thing. There's so much uncertainty. We don't know exactly what strategy they're going to have. We don't know how good Lamar Jackson is going to be. We don't know anything about that. So uh, even though the Bengals have not been very good, and that should be another death watch with Marvin Lewis, uh, I agree with you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Cincinnati and take the points and hope that there's, there's not a cheap seven-point touchdown, late touchdown win uh, in our oh, future. Or an, or an Andy Dalton pick six. Uh, yeah, yeah, I could see something like that too. Uh, Houston and Washington in the prove it, prove it game, the proving ground battle of teams that are both six and three, but you don't really know if you want to trust either one of them. Um, uh, you already pointed out how surprising or maybe not surprising the point spread would be on this one. They're both six and three, but the road team is the one giving the points. Houston at six and three yeah. minus three points at yeah. the six and three Washington Redskins. I actually agree with the spread. I think Houston's been the more legitimate six and three team than Washington has. Even though I have Washington going to the playoffs, it doesn't because I think that Washington's like a great football team. I just think they don't make a lot of mistakes. They stay within themselves, and in a league of wild inconsistency, you know exactly who the Washington Redskins are, and they're three points worse at least than the Houston Texans. So I'm going to take Houston. Yeah, no Jamison Crowder for the Redskins. Uh, I don't know who they're throwing to. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing on offense right now. I don't know how they've they've gotten to that record. You know how I feel about them. Uh, so Houston coming off the bye, Kiki QT has been good for them. As he's going to be their third receiver now because of the acquisition of Demarius Thomas. So the Houston looks like they're gearing up. They they might be in position to really make some noise. So I will concur and I'll give the three with the road team. Uh, here's Tennessee and Indianapolis in the AFC South. Uh, I don't know, quite know what to make of this game either. This is really tough for me to pick this one. Uh, Tennessee at five and four is a two point underdog at the yeah. four and five Indianapolis Colts. Well, Andrew Luck in his career has completely owned the Tennessee Titans, but this I think is a new look Titans team. The last couple of weeks they've dominated um, both games they've played against the Cowboys and the Patriots. That's impressive. Uh, since Mariota seems to be healthy, he's taken off the glove. He's slinging the ball around that running game with that, that two headed monster with Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry seems to be going, I'm going to keep rolling with the Titans. I think they, uh, I think they're going to try to give Houston a run for that division. Now I think they're primed. This game is about as even statistically as you could get. This is uh, someone who relies on the stats. I didn't know which way to go. I had nowhere really to see an advantage. Uh, they're both uh, protecting the, the quarterback well this year. The Tennessee's got a third-ranked offensive line, according to uh, Pro Football Focus. Indianapolis got the fourth-ranked. Uh, Tennessee has 23 sacks on the year, but Indy has 21. I just I, I didn't know which way to go. So I, I'm going to wind up taking Indianapolis, I think, on sort of muscle memory of Andrew Luck used to dominate the Titans back when he was going well, and he's been improving slowly over the year. He's been getting better and better. He's trending up. Mariota's trending up as well, so that's not a, a complete slam dunk. But uh, Tennessee's also going to be missing weapons. Taewon Taylor is out. Tajay Sharp has an ankle injury. So it might be a little trouble uh, getting down the field for the Titans. So I'm going to take the Colts there. 
moving on to Carolina and Detroit, the six and three Panthers and the three and six Lions, both coming off of embarrassing losses. Uh, the Panthers are four point favorites on the road at the Lions. All you need to know about the Lions is that Matt Patricia prepared his team this week by having them practice in the snow. Prepared for, for a the game. dome game? Yeah, give me the Panthers. What? what? I, you know, um, I, I I did not know that, but that put, <laughs> put you put that together with uh, Patricia. Did you hear about him a couple weeks ago? He stopped a reporter asking a question yeah. and told him that he didn't like his posture and he needed to sit up yeah. in the chair and res- respect the process or something. Yeah. So the Patricia guy with the Adams beard who, who who wears his hat backwards on the sideline and, and looks like he uh you know just got done ordering his stuff off a Duluth trading company. <laughs> Buck naked trading. The only uh <laughs> The only more slovenly coach in the league is his former boss, Bill Belichick, uh-huh. and he's telling somebody to straighten up. So, yeah, it, it, seems, it sounds like Patricia's turning into the next man genius, the, the next monster coach that used to be under Belichick that thinks he's as much of a genius as Belichick, and he can do – why the fuck are you having your team uh, train in the snow and you're playing in a dome? What the, what the yeah. hell is that? In fact, uh, in fact, their next three games are indoors. Wow. Uh, I was concurring anyway with the Panthers. And, and <laughs> now this just cements yeah. it for you. Yeah, you telling me that makes me want to lock them up instead of the Jaguars, but no, I'll, I'll stick with. Uh... I contemplated it. <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, anyway, moving on to oh, here's a game we don't have to spend any time on: the Bucks and the Giants. Uh, three and six Tampa plus two and a half at two and seven New York. Yeah, I think Tampa Bay is going to be able to score more points than three because they're completely capable this week again of having 500 yards of offense. So I think that was a bit of an outlier last week against the uh, the Redskins where they get into the red zone five times and get a field goal for their efforts. I think they'll do better this week. I'm going to take the Bucks on the road against the Giants. Certainly can't trust either team, but, hey, New York still has more talent when you talk about uh... – there's no receiver on the Bucks that can touch Odell Beckham. There's no running back on the Bucks that can touch Saquon Barkley. I'll take the Giants and then give the two and a oh, half. Wow. A big win streak for them. Here's an even worse game. Oakland and Arizona, yeah. the one and eight Raiders, five and a half point underdogs at the two and seven yeah. card. I fully expect the Raiders to have a lead in the fourth quarter that they will then blow, but I think they'll keep it within the five and a half. Arizona is either – uh, next to last or DFL in just about every offensive category. I, I don't care That's if the true. Raiders have quit. This game might be seven to three. <laughs> That's true. It, it should seem like a very winnable game for Murga. But hey, it looks like David Johnson's revving it up a notch thanks to the new offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich. Our guy Byron Leftwich is in the house for Arizona. Uh, I'll take Arizona and give it a five and a half. They're, yeah. they're completely quitting. It's Murga. It, it is. It is. Yeah, they have completely quit. But this is Arizona. I mean, um, if they, if they, if they get, oh my God, if they get Mullins in this one. Oh man. <laughs> the Denver Broncos at three and six, uh, seven point underdogs at the seven and two Los Angeles Clippers. Yeah, a lot of what I've seen this week is a lot of people on the Broncos because they've kept it close. I think the Chargers are next level. I, I don't think that the Chargers. I don't. I know this is at home, not a big home advantage because that nobody's coming out for this team. I think they're just seven points better than the Broncos. So I'm going to take the chargers. 
I'm one of those on the Broncos, get some pressure on Phillip Rivers and make some hay in there, and they're coming off a bye, so hopefully they'll be the fresher team. So I'll take Denver into points. And finally, Philly, the four and a, uh, the four and five Eagles are plus seven and a half at the eight and one New Orleans Saints. Yeah, yeah, uh, nobody's stopping the Saints right now. That, that I mean, they put up fifty one on the was it on the road against the Bengals last week? I mean, yeah, I'm throwing up the yeah. the ex longtime Saint Des Bryant in tribute. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna take the Saints here, give them the points. I don't care that the Eagles are, you know, Super Bowl champions. That doesn't mean anything. Not this year. <laughs> no. No, I, I completely concur. Uh, I, we don't. I don't try to have our last pick of the show cut off uh, when the oh, live portion ends. Okay. It just happens that way. Um, you're trying. Uh, I know you. what you're trying. You're trying to get somebody hanging on the words. Go, <laughs> damn it! And then waiting for the the podcast uh, forum to show up like an hour or two later. So that they can, you know, fast forward right to that moment when the, the, they stopped listening. I, I see what you're doing. You're getting a hook. No, uh, you you saw saw through my plan. No, I, I concur. I'm taking New Orleans. Uh, the Eagles are are playing like trash right now, and they got cornerbacks hurt, which is the worst thing to do when you're going to go down to the Superdome and play the Saints. Um, but no, there's uh. The NWA, the the old uh, wrestling league back in the '80s, that's what they used to do at the end of their syndicated show. They would have all these uh, jobbers, all the, all these matches with with enhancement talent all throughout the hour, and matches that nobody could possibly care about. And then in the last two minutes of the show would be a match that between two guys who actually have a chance to win the match. So it's, it's a match that you should care about. And you never saw the end of the match because they would be like, oh, we're, we've run out of time on the TV telecast. We got to go. And it's like, oh, come on. This is the only match that matters. What are you doing? <laughs> Wait a minute. The old NWA movie, okay. yeah. They, they actually have a job title term now for jobbers. Did I hear that right? Enhancement talent? Yeah, they've been calling them that. I don't know who started that. Isn't that but also yeah, that's, what they call fluffers? See, I didn't even want to go down that road uh, talking about <laughs> th- that. That's another kind of enhancement. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's sort of the uh, politically correct way of saying jobbers. And I don't know where that oh, came okay. from or when Enhanced that started. Janitorial engineer. <laughs> custodial sorry, yes, custodial yeah. services yeah custodial engineer yeah yeah you're the janitor no you're All a right. jobber your job is to go out there and take a few on the chin and make the other guy look really good i've never had to try to fill out a resume as a as a as a jobber as a enhancer so maybe that's a term that you put on your resume you don't put jobber oh. you put enhancement talent i i don't know i i have yeah. no idea Actually, no, they got it backwards. Isn't it actually talent enhancement? Uh, you're enhancing you can, the other guys. You're, you're showing off. You're, you're a. They got to come up with a better word. Well, you know, you're not. You, you're not star maker talent. You're 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 a, you're a no. talent, but you're not a, a talent of your own making. You're enhancement talent. You're a talent that enhances somebody else. So I I don't know. Yeah. I can remember long hours. We were, you know, grade school. We'd be on a Sunday, and be talking on the phone, and there'd be wrestling on, and just the reaction every once in a while when a jobber would win. 
Oh, it was very, very rare, but it happened. It was always memorable watching the great Omar Atlas get a get a pin. <laughs> Do you actually remember the great Omar Atlas? That's how rare it was. It's, he won. And that's when, I remember watching a match that he won. Not many people can say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's when it's most effective is, is when it's yeah. so rare that you actually remember. You actually, yeah. everyone remembers uh, the one, two, three kid beating Razor Ramon on Monday Night Raw because it was such a, a rare thing. Um, and now you really don't even have enhancement matches anymore because you're going to lose ratings if you do that. You're, no one's going to tune in and watch that. So it's really a thing of the past. But yeah, ah. it was a huge deal when, when a jobber won a match. Yeah, but this was back in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, the when, when a lot changed. of the when a lot of the wrestling that was on TV, you know, the, there wasn't raw. It, you know, it was exactly. like on a Sunday afternoon at like one o'clock, you know, and it was all tape delay stuff, and you know, whether it was W, whatever it was WCW or, or Windy City or any of these you know obscure wrestling leagues that were on channel sixty six. Ah, <laughs> uh, the good old days of Windy City wrestling. You know, there were some people that passed through. Windy City Wrestling that went on to become huge stars, and and I saw some of them uh, out in in Chicago Ridge uh, when when Ring of Honor came through. I saw some of them. Uh, I, I never made it to the amphitheater, but I meant to. But oh, uh, from, oh, from 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 what I've heard, it wasn't exactly. The, I have been to the International Amphitheater. That wasn't exactly the cleanest special. place. No. No, no, they must have just had like a rodeo there or something when oh, I was there no. for, for, for a wrestling match for uh, one of my friends when I was uh, working in high school was uh, in that league. He actually wrestled for Windy City Championship Wrestling, the old WCCW. Yeah. And uh, going, to, uh, going to the International Amphitheater is something I will always remember, especially the smell. <laughs> The other place I remember going to for a wrestling card was in Dalton. I don't think I ever made it to a wrestling card in Dalton. I've, I've done you're, some other things lucky. in Dalton. You're lucky. Yeah, if you know where Dalton is, that's not a place you aspire oh, yeah. to go to. It's not a place that you don't wake up in the morning your... and go, "I'm going to Dalton today." It's not a place where I would normally see people of your ilk, if you know what I mean. <laughs> what do you mean? You people. Your people. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I was in a bowling league in Dalton for a, for a year, and uh, I, I got out of there very quickly every night. Let's put it that way. <laughs> you escaped? <laughs> I escaped the Dalton bowling alley every night. <laughs> did you have your route planned out? I did. It was uh, – boy, that was a very curious time in my life, too. It was uh, – and I don't want to go in, get into all the details, but I was 20 years old. Um, I It was – in the middle of the bowling season, I had moved out of my uncle's house and got my very first apartment. So it wound up being where uh, the person I was in a league with was someone I worked with. And basically I was on the, I was in the league cause he was desperate for, for people to be in, be on his team. He needed a team. It's not like I was, a, I've ever been a great bowler or anything, but I was, uh, I've signed up to be on this team. And so living at my uncle's house out there on the South side, it wasn't exactly near Dalton. It was, you know, another 20 minutes from Dalton, but it was a lot closer than when I wound up moving and getting my first apartment, which was up north, uh, damn near uh, near Evanston almost. 
So what oh, wound up yeah, happening was when you lived way up there. Yeah. Uh, so what happened was I would uh, we would bowl, and then uh, the person whose team I was on, this guy Daryl, very nice guy, uh, he used to drive me back home to my uncle's, twenty minutes away. Well, I didn't live there anymore after about eight weeks in the season. So he drove me to the red line on 95th. So this is yeah, 11 which is 11 where it 11 ends, by the way. <laughs> right. Uh, well, where or it begins, begins if, you're, yeah, if you're trying to leave the south side and go north where yeah. I lived. So we're talking 11 o'clock on a Thursday night. Every Thursday night, uh, he drops me at 95th after I've bowled three games. And I'm, you know, as, as out of shape as I always am. So I'm tired as fuck. And now I got to take a train ride that no joke was about about an hour about uh, to go from right. yeah from 95th to where I was living. It was, it was a good solid Jeez. hour because you, you got to go through. God, you were you were getting up there. You were up by like Granville and up in that area, right? Right near Loyola University. So yeah, we're going were from 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 all the way deep south and on 95th all the way through the south side past Comiskey Park. Yeah. Past Chinatown, into downtown, into the subway, through downtown, up to the north side, up to the the good part of the north side, over near the Gold Coast, and through Ravenswood and Fast Wrigley Field, and keep going. I'm, we're still not home yet. We still got <laughs> got about three or four more stops after you get past Wrigley Field, and finally got to my stop, and, and finally I got off. And about midnight or so every Thursday night, I wobbled home after uh, after bowling in Dalton. And then I got up the next morning on Friday and went to work. There you go. So, yeah, that, that was fun. Oh, man. Yeah, it was, what were you up? Was it Windsor or something up there? Yeah, something like that. Uh, I always remember how hard it was to try to find parking up there. Well, any well, any of the three places I had up north, it was ridiculous. I, 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 when you were over at Southport, I never had a problem. Well, I always got parking spot around. Southport. I only had to walk like a half a block. I'm trying to remember which uh, when you were which over by you're talking about. Oh, that one. Yeah, that was the parking was terrible there too. It's just you know you knew where to park because you were so familiar oh, well, with the Wrigley Field area. Yeah, that's true. I, I always, I have still to this day never paid to park at Wrigley Field. Right, but anyone else that visited me came into my apartment bitching and moaning. Oh my God, I couldn't believe how crazy it was. I couldn't find. I parked four blocks away. To come on, but but yeah, you you seem to know where to park. But yeah, it was it was never easy. Nowhere I lived, it was easy to park, which is fine for me because I didn't have a car. But yeah, that was yeah, yeah that was great for you. I just remember it was first... a really good Mexican place across the street from you. Yeah, it, uh, it was. Was it not a taco burrito? You oh, know, it, it may was... have well been, but if it wasn't officially a TBK, it was a TBK light type place. It was. It was. It's, it was called Taco Burrito something. It wasn't King though. It was. So it was in that yeah. family. It was like Taco Burrito World or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, it was. It was good shit. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I still miss that. Shit. You know, we got good places up here for Mexican and all that, but man, I, I crave those nachos. Not me too. <laughs> yeah, the, the or the super is, king. Oh, that burrito is big as your fucking head, my god! Yeah. You know, I think if I went there now, I, I'd be happy with just the king. I don't think I would need the super king. Yeah, same I here. Learned, I think I've learned something here in life. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we got old. That's uh, that's the yeah. other thing that our yeah. bodies just can't handle all that. Yeah, like it wasn't it the eating; to. it was the it was the aftermath. Yes. <laughs> I, 
I can I can testify to that. Um, Those were pork nachos. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the same materials are of course in the burrito. I guess so. so yeah. <laughs> you reminded me of that that first uh, apartment that I had. Uh, the the stories that I could tell from there. Um, and, and this is totally kings of non sequitur. I don't want to get into all of the apartments I have, but just that one studio that 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 place was is very special. Uh, in in my growing up, it was uh, I was between the ages of twenty and twenty two when I had that place for two years. And like I said, it was the first place I ever had. Um, it was so cheap. It was so, uh, it, it was such a, a, a place that nobody would possibly want, but it was my first place. So I was happy with it. The rent was legit. No, no joke in 1996, I believe is when I moved over there. The rent was, I believe 273 a month. Wow. For uh, they called it a studio. It was basically like a bedroom. It was how, that's how small it was. Um, it, it, it was tiny. It was dirty. There were roaches everywhere. Um, there were the, the the interaction with the neighbors included. One night I came home and I could hear the people down the hall. I, they weren't just having sex. They were like getting it. Like they were like everyone <laughs> in the hall could hear it. <laughs> Uh, it was another time I came home and the, the marijuana smell was just, oh, in, yeah. the entire hallway was just lit up uh, with, with whoever was, was smoking pot up in there. It might have been the same neighbors for all I know. Um, uh, but it was my place. It was, I was, it was mine. It was the first place I ever had. I was, I was uh, independent. It was the, I'll never forget the first night that I stayed, uh, that I stayed there. That was, of course, the first night that I'm sleeping by myself in a place and uh, there's there's just one you know one door away from a stranger coming in and now they're in my place and there's nothing I can do and there's no protection there's no other adults around and it's it's all me and uh, I didn't sleep much that night because I just you know still trying to get used to the whole thing um, I, I had a uh, my my uncle gave me a, a fold out couch that was what I was using as a bed I didn't use it very long for a couple of different reasons. One was uh, I wasn't aware of, of my surroundings uh, as I should have been. And one night that I folded it down, I folded it down right on top of an extension cord. And then I laid my 300 and whatever plus pound ass on the bed all night. And when I woke up the next morning and sat on the edge of it, I noticed this big blue spark come up out of nowhere. And I'm like, oh, shit, it's sitting on the cord. So that was uh, that, that could have been fatal, of course. Jeez, uh, how many times have you just like tried to like environmentally kill yourself? Uh, about six or seven, probably. Oh, okay. Uh, so there's, so there's that. There's the, <laughs> the one time I tried to kill both of us. You tried to take yeah. me with you. <laughs> yep, I've told that story many times. Yes, oh, that's the one that stands out to me. Um, wound up breaking that uh, fold-out bed uh, sitting on the edge of it later on, so I wound up sleeping on the mattress on the floor for the next couple of years. And then I was actually, with all of that, still contemplating re-upping and staying in that building for another year after the two-year lease was up. And then something happened that made me go, nope, I got to get out of here. And that something that happened was I'm laying there on my mattress on the floor, and on the, I think I was on the phone with uh, my, my friend at the time, Rory, watching, probably watching wrestling. And the roaches were bad enough. That was like an everyday thing, killing a, a roach or two in my apartment. That was bad enough. 
But I'm laying there and see a little something scurry across the floor in front of my face. And that was a mouse. And that's about the end of that. I'm like, okay, I, I've, I've taken the roaches. I, I Obviously, I didn't have you know company up in that apartment or anything like that. I think Rory was the only person that ever visited there. Uh, but if I was going to have some company in the future, I was going to have to get a place that wasn't roach infested. Uh, but then the, the mice, no, that that was, that was a complete deal breaker. And that's what made me have to get out of there after two years. But I, I was going to stay. You can't beat the, the rent. I was going to stay for just because the rent was so cheap. You can't beat that, especially, you know, up north there. But yeah, no, uh, yeah, no. I, I think my favorite, my favorite story of yours back from those days was you told me you were apartment hunting and you went to the place with the lake view. There's a few places I went to that claimed to have lake views. And, and you told me about how you were looking out the window and you were like, well, where's the, where's the lake view? And then the person showing you the apartment said, if you look between those two buildings way over there, you can see a little sliver of the lake. <laughs> that became that my second apartment. That qualified as a lake view. In their mind, it did. Yeah. Uh, that, be- that 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 became my second apartment with apartment with yeah. a lake view, quote unquote. You can see the water. I guess that's a lake view, even if it's just one sliver between two buildings a mile and a half away. If you put your fingers together like an inch apart, that's how much blue you saw between those two buildings, and that was the lake view that I had. <laughs> so peaceful. So I could see you. <laughs> I could see you sitting there in your chair by the window, just looking longingly out at the lake. <laughs> wow, this is beautiful. Look at the way This is living. Of <laughs> <laughs> my lake view apartment. I did not that became my second apartment. It was not because of the view. Trust me. <laughs> it was not that. Um but yeah. <laughs> I forgot I told you about that part of it, but yeah. That was that was the Lakeview apartment, but you know the the the, the price that I was able to pay yeah, that's about that's about all I could afford. Yeah, and, that was uh, that was as much of the lake that you could see. Yes, that, that's exactly right. And hey, I could walk out the the door and and take a a, a two minute walk down and and sit on the and sit on the lake if I want, really yeah. wanted to see it. So, yeah, you know. I, I, yeah. I got to tell you, now that I don't live in Chicago anymore, man, people take people take that lakefront for granted living down there. Oh my God! It's such a, a great place to hang out, uh, especially yeah. in the summer when yeah. it's warmer, and you yeah. get those those lake winds coming off and cooling you off naturally. You don't have to pay for air. I never paid for air conditioning a day in my life in Chicago because I didn't have to. Because you, because yeah. I always lived near the lake. All all three of those apartments were near the lake, and all you did was open a window. Uh, I will never forget one year. I never even took the box fan out of the box. All I had, all I did was, was open windows and have crosswinds going the entire summer, and it was that was all I needed. It, yeah. it was gorgeous. Yeah, is that cooler by the lake? I mean, it it does mean something. Very much. Um, now the problem is when the winter comes and it's colder by well, the lake and the snow is coming off and it's like, oh my god, snow. I like oh. snow bites you in the ass when, when, when you get that lake, Ooh. or now they call it lake enhancement. See, so it's just like talent enhancement. It's like talent enhancement. It's not lake effect snow. It's lake enhancement. Huh? Yeah. Oh. It's a weather fluffer. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. See, it all comes full circle. 
yeah, just going back down to Chicago, taking my kids down there. Like, you know, you, you just take it for granted. He's like, man, it's such a beautiful city. Oh, man. Uh, and and you for know, me, especially in, yeah, like you going to Memphis, which is, is yeah, not a beautiful city. I was going to say it's all right, but I'm like, no, Memphis is not a beautiful city. Um, not in the way like Chicago is. It's just not, Memphis is not picturesque. It's not, but no, it's it's actually worse than that. It's the river down here, uh, the riverfront. That is yeah. beautiful. That is gorgeous. The buildings are are yeah. gorgeous. The uh, the sitting there uh, on the on the river is just as nice as if you were sitting on the lake. It's, uh, it's there's no beach, of course. There's no sand, but you can sit yeah. there in the grass and and you could have picnics. You could do whatever you wanted down there, and nobody's there. Nobody cares. No, yeah. It's, yeah, all the business opportunities that you can have if you if you wanted to, but it's Memphis, so nobody gives a damn, and and nobody's trying to take advantage of everything that's down there, and the people don't give a damn. But you have to give them a reason to come out and give a damn. But if just sitting there at the river, my wife and I have done that a couple of times and enjoyed the hell out of the day, and yeah. but and and been alone, and the same thought goes through my mind every time, which is in Chicago, in the middle of the day like this, you can't just sit there alone there, there's so many people because yeah it's, you should have seen we, we were obviously we we had we were downtown with the kids on a saturday afternoon it was it was just people everywhere it was a mob of course it was just you know throngs of people everywhere you went you know and it, we we ended up going you know it's not a big deal to me but we took the kids over to the bean you know yeah i can take it or leave it it was never really a fixture there when when i was a kid so i don't really have any real emotional attachment to it but it's something cool to show a little kid oh of course and, and you got to walk around in there. yeah see the reflections and, and and walk through it and see all the different ways that the, the light bends or bends around and see the reflections and stuff so we had lunch right under the bean at, at the millennium park cafe and oh man, you talk about business opportunities. Lunch for the four of us was like seventy two dollars. Yeah, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm I grin and I bear. No, lunch was very good. I mean, my wife and I had like lobster sandwiches. I mean, yeah, I mean it was it was good. Those were, it was you know okay. You, you just kind of like you're in Chicago. You know, when in Rome, right? You know. You don't mm-hmm. go there very often, but yeah, there's there's nowhere around here where I, the four of us could go have lunch for seventy two dollars. <laughs> Not that it would be worth it anyway. No, no, you'd have, or you'd just buy a lot of damn food for seventy two bucks. Right? You'd Take be taking to you got takeout for a week. Yeah, I was just about to say you'd have dinner for the next weeks if you'd spend that much. Yeah. So no, but it was, it was it was an experience. It got very expensive. Uh, Chicago has gotten so expensive. Everything costs you an arm and a leg. Well, Chicago's always been expensive if you're a, sort of a tourist and you don't know exactly where to go. And, I, and I'd be the same way as you, that I've, it's been so long that I wouldn't know oh, exactly. Yeah. Pre- prepare to be shocked uh-huh. <laughs> if you ever go downtown and you just want to do anything, how much ex- how expensive everything is. Yeah, we were downtown last year uh, when I was up there for my cousin thomas's wedding uh yeah. but we didn't really we, we didn't spend the, 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 you might vaguely remember the story that uh me and and dave the movie expert and, and some friends and my wife went to take a haunted bus tour thing 
and then we sure. get out of that and we're kind of like, okay, now we're, you know, we're hungry. Where do we go to eat dinner? I don't know. Uh, you know, kind of looking around and looking at each other. And finally I just go on, you know, the phone on Google maps and say, Hey, this place looks good. Let's go there and never heard of it. Um, and it wound up being just fine uh, price wise and stuff. And that's the beauty of, of, of searching on Google maps and yeah. whatnot. You can search Google by or price. Yelp or any of that. Yeah. And you, you're not going to walk into a place that's going to charge you $72 for a lobster sandwich or something like that. You can go find a place that's actually decently priced. I just didn't know anything about the place. So it wound up being like this big-time uh, Blackhawks bar, the, the hockey team down there, oh. and which, which is fine, but it's, you know just made me a little uncomfortable because you know people of my ilk. I felt as welcome there as you probably felt in Dalton. Um, but oh. but it, every, everything what, worked out. What are you trying to say? I'm just, it, Okay, what was your experience exactly in in Dalton? Because I'm just yeah, like I said, my experience it was just dirty. <laughs> I actually found it kind of redneck down there. Oh, okay, you're in a different part yeah. of Dalton. Yeah, when you get down there, when you get down into that sort of that I-80 corridor, in those south suburbs mm-hmm. areas, ugh. yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it felt kind of like rough and redneck to me. It, okay. Run down and dirty. Yeah, um, I'll agree with that part of it. Is the, the part the, the part of Dalton I was in was not redneck at all. It was it was hood, so that's why I was ah, okay. so confused. But, but, you know, I, grew up, I grew up. I grew up. I didn't grow up in the the hood hood, but yeah, I didn't grow up in like the greatest neighborhoods. So it was something that's like never really affected me. And I had friends who didn't live in the greatest neighborhoods, and those, I've been in those neighborhoods and been to the park and uh, I, I, you kind of just knew how to manage yourself in the hood. Don't start shit. You know, <laughs> don't start. No, won't be no. Yeah, that's right. Put your head down and walk by. And just, you know, just be, be to yourself. People leave you alone. Maybe they do now. But in the eighties and nineties, it wasn't one of those where I ever felt like I was going to get murdered. But I was no one... in some pretty tough. I had friends in some pretty tough neighborhoods. I had some. Fr- I had a friend that lived off of uh, North and Central. Yeah, that, that's not. Uh, not that's not nice. Yeah. Uh, but as you know, the neighborhood I grew up in was so tough. They didn't even let oh, you yeah. try to come visit me. My family, my folks was like, "No, he's not coming over here. That's just, that's just <laughs> not going to happen." Um, <laughs> no, nobody ever messed they, with they, you they or me. Feared, but... They feared for my life. Is that what you're saying? Probably they fear they fear for my life. They would never let me out. Uh, that's why I'm so weird now. I didn't have any friends. Yeah. Um, but no one ever messed with you or me. But I always uh, rationalize in my head that that's just we're we're big guys. We're you that's know true. if you're trying to was, mess yeah, with was, somebody, was, you're, was, you're gonna was, pick I'm tall. Yeah, I'm tall. I'm not skinny. Yeah, and, and I'm sort of tall and very big. So you're not gonna pick on you're gonna pick on the weaker of the the people that you see. You're not gonna pick on us. Uh, yeah, right. I'd, I'd have my headphones all the time and, and my baseball cap and, and tried to be as, as try to have as I, I didn't try to have a tough face. I just have a resting tough face, I guess, or, or, or unhappy resting, face. Is that resting bitch face that you're talking about? Basically, um, if I were a girl, it'd be resting bitch face. Which I, yeah, which I didn't know was a thing until like a year or two ago. Oh, really? No, I, yeah. I've known plenty of women that have resting bitch face uh, all throughout the years, no doubt. And you've known them too. You just didn't know it was a thing. That's all. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know there was a title for it. Like you know, like uh, enhancement talent. Right. 
No, we went to dude, we went to high school with two hundred women that had resting bitch face. Come on. <laughs> like you said, you just didn't know it was a name. Uh, no, I had uh, I had such a sour looking face all the time. I had multiple strangers throughout my years uh, in Chicago come up to me and say something along the lines of "Smile, come on, why are you looking <laughs> you like mad, that? You, complete you mad, strangers." Bro? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which wasn't a thing back then either, but yes, right. that's basically oh, what they were doing. Yeah, that's what they were saying. <laughs> I mean, little old ladies that were just walking in the steamy and just like smile. They're probably just trying to make sure that I wasn't, you know, a, a serial murderer or something. But Oh, okay. You know. Yeah, that's that's how I used to look all the time. It just And that's just natural. I think that's a natural thing in Chicago is you just keep to yourself, look as sort of mean or tough as you can and, and yeah. try to, you know, make sure you don't invite anybody to, to try to come talk to you or anything. There were, there were gangs in my neighborhood when I was growing up. There was, there was shooting. I dude got shot right outside my bedroom window. Ooh. Yeah. Laying there, minding my own business. Uh, and, uh, you know, my, I, I lived in what they called a garden apartment, you know, so you were half half above and half below ground from when they raised the sidewalks because Chicago's sinking because it's a swamp. Um, <laughs> and they raised all the sidewalks to get them out of the muck and the mire. And yeah, so my apartment, you know, that we lived in was sort of like, they called, we called it the basement, but it was still half above ground. So the, yeah. the, the windows were all, were basically my window was like right at the level of the alley that went, uh, right alongside the side of our house. Cause we were, we had a house right on the alley on the side of the house and, uh, yeah, dude running by, you know, like, what, what the hell pop? Oh, oh, damn. Dude got shot in the leg, and they just kept running. Dude kept going. I give him credit. Never slowed down. And all of a sudden, I'm like, okay. Then, poop, then here come two dudes running after him. I was like, oh, crap. Never heard anything. Didn't hear any more sh- shooting after that, so I don't know if the guy got away. But yeah, dude got shot in the leg right outside, running by my uh, running right, right by my bedroom window. I'm guessing if he got shot in the leg, you don't have to shoot too much more because he's not really going too far. <laughs> I, I didn't hear anything else after that. I just was laying there, and I had my shades up so people could look right in. And I had I remember one time I was watching Monday Night Football on my little black and white TV. And all of a sudden I was like, you get that feeling like somebody by you. And all of a sudden I just kind of turned my head, and there's like three dudes <laughs> watching the game through my bedroom window. <laughs> What was the Bugs Bunny cartoon? Did you ever get the feeling yeah. that you're being watched? Yeah, they were. You know, I was probably, I don't know, 12, 10, 12 years old. These, these kids were probably all like 17, 18. You know, all, th- all three of them were like Latino. Uh, you know, I couldn't look, didn't look long enough to be like, oh, you're Puerto Rican, you're Mexican. Yeah, I, I just, right. and they were just all there, and I just kind of slowly turned my head back to watching the game and then uh, after a little <laughs> while I looked back and they were they were gone so that was nice they were they were literally outside my bedroom window they weren't talking weren't making any noise they were just silently watching Monday night football with me right through my bedroom window yeah no problem but they had the they TV like to... literally it was a little portable black and white TV you know but portable meaning it weighed like 25 pounds and it had the big handle on the top with the antenna built into it and I'd put it on a chair right next to my bed so I could lay in bed and watch the game that was the way you did it back then right oh yeah and uh yeah that was the weirdest thing I'm just laying there I'm like something, something felt weird I don't know if it was like hairs maybe it felt the breathing <laughs> on my neck or something but I was like turn around and look through my my screen window and the three dudes just sitting there watching the game with me no worries you just wanted to check the score yeah 
So I was all, all that was between me and these three guys was window screen. <laughs> so it's no, it, it, it's a true story that event, you know, when I went back down to Chicago long after I had moved um, up to Wisconsin, it was down there for something and uh, wanted to go back and see the old house. There were bars on those windows. Then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the telltale sign of, of a not so nice neighborhood is the bars on the windows. All the house hunters that I've watched with my wife. Now we know uh, when we see bars <laughs> on the windows. They're probably not going to take that apartment or, or like trying to pay for your meal at JJ fish. <laughs> If you remember that, that's still there. You know, I was, I drove by, yeah. I was, I was, I was down there, uh, after, uh, being at the, the trade fest. So I was, yeah, I dropped loser off and you know, he didn't live that far from where you were when you lived out on the West side there. So right. he was only maybe 10, 12 blocks from you. So I drive back up and, you know, get back to North Avenue. Cause that's always the easiest way for me was to get up to North Avenue so I could get out of town or get back to the, to the highway and I was driving through the old neighborhood that you lived in. Yeah. JJ fish was still there. The wonder bread place wasn't there anymore. Oh, I loved the that outlet. place, man. Dollar yeah, bagel. Me too. The best. Hell yeah. And then, um, yeah, Six TBK pack of Danish for like three bucks. Yeah. Yeah. The TBK and all those places, grandma Sally's that's all still there. Yep. Sears was Sears is gone. Long gone. Now. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, they're, they're like that Toys R Us. They're, they're just, you know, they, they got Effingham yeah. disappeared. And that's being in retail. It's like Sears and Toys R Us and, and Monkey Wards. Those were all kind of the, the, <laughs> the places you grew up with in Chicago, and, and they're all gone. Yeah. I mean, I lived uh, in that Toys R Us at Riverview Plaza. Lived in it. Yeah, we, we won't even go all the way back into the Zares and the Ventures and the <laughs> Ventures Woolworth. Zares. Of course, I worked for Woolworth. I don't definitely don't want to oh, talk about that. Your Woolworth stories were the best, though. <laughs> Man, you I don't even want to go down that road. Stories, yeah, some of those things. Your stories about the basement at Woolworth. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking about. Was the basement and some of the we're uh, back to rodents. I talked about the yeah. uh, the mice crawling across my apartment. That, that's really what was in the the Woolworth. Uh, the, all the inventory that we had down in Woolworth had been pretty much touched by the, the rodents down there. So, yeah, But I just can remember growing up, walking as a kid over to, you know, Lincoln, Lincoln, uh, Lincoln Square. You know, where there was a Belmont, was that Belmont, Ashland, and Lincoln, I think, where they all three of them came together. Because, you know, Lincoln's one of those, you know, diagonal streets. So every once in a while, you had like Six Corners and Lincoln Square and all these places were like three major streets all intersect together. And that was like the big shopping district in our neighborhood. And I remember walking over there with my grandma when I was a kid and it was, you walked over, you went to the bank, you went to Woolworths, you went to all those, Ben Franklin, you went to all those shops. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's, it's like, hey, people don't, you know, they don't have that experience anymore. They got new experiences. They got other experiences. That yes, it's different. They'll remember. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's totally different. Uh, I don't have any. Have uh, Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> not everyone uses Amazon. There's still I do. Some retailers. I do too, but not everyone does. They're, they're still retailers. I, I got to say, they're, they are the most reliable place that I get stuff from. I order I, it. It comes. No, I've never had a problem with Amazon, ever. And I buy a lot of stuff Me neither. there. Never had an issue. I've, I've, I've never returned anything. I, and I know I'm people right there with had it. issues with Amazon, and it, they have all been resolved, like in a manner that you know worked for them 
or if they had to return something or if something didn't come right or if it was damaged. I mean, I, I honestly have never talked to or anybody who's had a bad experience with them. I guess that's how you get a net worth of $50 billion, huh? Yeah. I mean, you, you do something well and, you know, and their prices are always either, they're not always the best, but they're always competitive. Oh, yeah. And you know? if if they're, if it's not the best, just keep looking and keep searching, and you you're gonna find something cheaper. You just gotta yeah. you know might have to search a while, but there'll be something there. Yeah. So Christmas time, you know, Amazon's where I buy all my kids' toys now for Christmas because all the stuff that they want you can't go and find in stores anymore because there's no Toys R Us. <laughs> right. And if you if I'm trying to gamble that Target or Walmart are gonna have it, I mean the the, the toy the toy aisle at the target here is maybe like six little half aisles. It's pretty sad. And then, you know, Walmart, I, I, I just, I, I can't bring myself to go to Walmart. <laughs> I can't, I, I, I mean, they have to have the thing I'm looking for and be the only place that has it for me to drive over to Walmart and stuff. The place is always a zoo. It is. It, every Walmart uh, is a zoo. We've got two of them within a mile here and they're both zoos is so really about, you know, pick your poison. So, um, but but hey, there, there's a reason there that there are zoos is because their prices yeah. are not just competitive, but usually the lowest. Um, yeah, and they have so many different things. You, you and, they, clothes, and they put drugs, everybody else food. out of business. It, that's right. That's exactly what they did. That's what Amazon. Well, between them and Amazon, that's what's yeah. putting everyone else out of business. So. Ah, well, what, what were we talking about? <laughs> I, I, Kings of non sequitur. No, I don't. Uh, I don't have any witness uh, anyone getting shot stories. But I was just going to relay uh, oh. the closest the closest story that I have to that, which I don't know if I told on the show or not. But uh, it's, it's real quick. Uh, me and the, the and the high school girlfriend are just standing out front of her building, and her building happens to be Rockwell Gardens, which was one of the most notorious <laughs> uh, oh, projects. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't notorious... have Rockwell Gardens doesn't have the the name recognition of uh, Cabrini Green, right? You know, or oh, what was the one down by Sox Park? Oh, oh. yeah, you know which one I'm talking about. That I know exactly which one. one. I remember going to my very first game at Comiskey. And I was all the way in the top, and it was a Cubs-Sox game. And I rem- and the most fun I had, because the Cubs lost like 7-2, to two, the most fun I had was looking across at the projects, counting out the burnt-out windows. <laughs> it wasn't Altgeld Gardens, was it? It wasn't uh, – it was, it, was, it was something like that. But, uh, yeah, I know exactly what you were talking about. But uh, so we're standing out front of Rockwell Gardens. And it's 3.30 in the afternoon because we, we got out of high school. We got out of school, took the CTA bus to her corner, and we're standing there shooting the shit before she had to go uh, in the house. But it's not like it was dark or anything. It was bright, sunny day, 3 in the afternoon, just standing there uh, at the bus stop and just happened to look up and notice across the street a guy uh, running. First, we noticed that there was a guy running across the street, and, was, and we're like, that's odd. There's somebody just in a dead sprint running. And then happened to notice that he was looking backwards behind himself and just shooting. Just, just, just letting round after round after round off uh, while running the other way. And shooting and, at no one in particular. 
I have no idea who he was shooting at. They may oh, have okay. went down because they got shot, but he was just running and shooting. Uh, it, it seemed like at random almost. Uh, but it was so quick. We had no time to do anything but just drop to the ground right on the sidewalk there. And and it, that's all we had time to do. And wait for about you know two or three minutes for somebody to come chasing behind them. But we never did notice anybody else. Um, and then all had nothing to, else to do but get up and go into the building on the corner and, and, and hide out for like a half hour. And the building on the corner happened to be, I think it was a preschool or a, a daycare oh, or something like that. Wow. So yeah, just, uh, just beautiful times uh, around Rockwell gardens. And, and that's how Chicago yeah. used to be back then. But, uh, but yeah, just, just standing out in front and there's somebody just running wow. by. Shooting. And if we happened to be standing on the other corner shooting the shit, he would have been running into us while shooting and probably would have taken both of us out. Man, I, I wish I could remember the name of the projects down in Bridgeport there that were across the Ryan from, from Sox Park because that was probably like the second most infamous project in the city after Cabrini Green. Probably. And I used to, I used to have to drive uh, by, by, by my mom's second husband worked downtown. And so we always went and picked him up from work. And our route was right down Clybourne. And, you know, Clybourne ends right at Cabrini O'Green. I always called it Cabrini O'Green because that's what it looked like it said on the sign. The big symbol in the middle is a big green O. I don't know exactly why yeah. it's there. So, but I was, so for my whole life, I always called it Cabrini O'Green. Um, I did too. We never talked about that. Yeah. Well, that was always my little joke whenever we would go by there. But we, yeah, we went right by because Clark was at uh, Division. I think it was Division in Clybourne. Um, mm-hmm. right there is right where Cabrini Green was. So, yeah, I got to drive right by it every single day that we had to go downtown to pick up my uh, my, my stepdad at the time from, from his work because he worked right right opposite the uh, Sears Tower. And my family lived in Cabrini Green before I was born. Yeah. So we're very familiar. Wasn't that where Good Times took place? It was where Good Times was, was filmed and the uh, opening yeah. and closing credits were filmed there. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Good. You know, now, now it's gone. Now, now it's completely gone, wiped from the scoured from the face of the earth. <laughs> yes, like, would, like all would, there isn't a little historical marker. There is absolutely nothing there. Uh, well, maybe an idiot name. Maybe they call it like Cabrini something. You know. What What are you going to commemorate? Yeah, like thousands of of extremely poverty stricken people that were forced to live there because <sighs> they yeah, that that was uh, the projects were something else. I, I grew up near the projects. Uh, we had Lathrop Homes, not a very well known one, but um, that was right right by me, Clybourne and Levitt kind of area by the river there. And that was uh, I drove through there a lot along the river because that was always like the shortcut. No wonder it was the shortcut because there was never anybody on that street uh, coming up from <laughs> Diversity <laughs> up that way. But yeah, that was that was a block and a half, two blocks from where I grew up. Yeah, we're very familiar with the area because uh, after I was born and we were able to get a house uh, that my grandmother's uh, brother bought, and that's where I grew up for and lived for 18 years. But we still went back over there near Cabrini Green because that's where their church was. They didn't leave that yeah. church. So we spent many, many days and, and a couple yeah. of evenings over there, uh, right across, basically across the street from Cabrini Green is where uh, Gospel Temple Baptist Church used to be. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Just not in that uh, uh, location anymore. But uh, yeah, that was uh, that brings us back to 
uh, what we we were discussing in the in the baseball season a little earlier. We I know we talked at some point about the night that um, the Cubs' first uh, night game was supposed to yes. occur, and got and got played for about an inning and a half before it got rained out, and then they had to come back and and have the a, another date for the official night game. Was it the very next night? It was the very next night. Yeah, it was eight nine eighty eight, but against a different team, which was That's why we true. both remembered, which was why we both remembered them playing in their first night game against a different team. <laughs> right. Uh, but I was uh, as, as incredible of a, of a night as that was supposed to be for a baseball fan. Like, oh my God, it's going to be night baseball at Wrigley Field. That was like a huge, huge deal, and yeah. I could not We're watch old. it live because oh. my family was attending some sort of five-night revival at Gospel Temple Baptist Church, and they had me over there every single one of those nights, and that was one of the nights, and I could not watch the game live. I taped it and got home and saw that it was rained out or whatever, but uh, yeah. but I would have given anything to watch that live, but my family had me over there at a, at a revival, and oh my God, just... I, I don't know how I stayed awake for any of those nights. I really don't. So yeah, so so people who don't know our show, you know, Chicago memories seep into this show all the time. Usually not forty five minutes worth, but we we went on a bit of a rant there. That's all right. We got we get a little sprinkling of everything though. Some of your some of your old apartment stories, you know, me getting price gouged for my lunch when we took the, you know, we get a little bit of everything. Oh, we got we got it's our street cred in too. You got your your shooting like, in. You got uh, yeah. Got me got... right through my window. <laughs> I got my screensaver on my computer up right now, and it's actually a uh, a, a shot of downtown Chicago, looking looking south. There you uh, go. Like right down from like Lakeshore Drive down towards the Hancock. You know, probably one of the more famous views that you have of Chicago. Mm-hmm. That shot coming down Lakeshore Drive uh, from the north side going um, right down into where Michigan Avenue is there. So, yeah, that's my screensaver right now on my computer. So we're actually talking about Chicago. I'm just looking at Chicago as we're talking <laughs> about it. And I always have uh, some of Chicago sitting here where I do the show because on the computer desk I have a uh, weight, uh, a, a paperweight that has uh, Chicago with the skyline, the Sears Tower skyline. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody gave it to me uh, at work in, my, at Chica- in Chicago right before I left. Uh, so An that's extra point to there. you for calling it Sears Tower. Oh, was it supposed to be now the Willis Tower? I yeah. okay. Yeah, whatever. Sears Tower, Comiskey Park, Chicago, <laughs> the Bears, Rosemont Horizon. We actually drove by there. It was funny because we were going into the city because we were. I told you we took the River Road uh, train, right? At yeah. the train stop there on the Blue Line. Well, you cannot get there without driving right past. On uh, Higgins there, um, or even if you're on the tollway, but I don't take the tollway. I take Higgins because that moves a lot faster, and you don't have to pay um, to drive on it. So you know we're driving across, and my, my kids look over and they're like, "What's that?" I was like, "That is the Rosemont Horizon," and don't let That's anybody. That's not what it says, Daddy. That's right. Don't let anybody tell you any different. <laughs> But it says Allstate yeah. Arena. And then, and then we're up in the John Hancock Observatory, and I point out, and I'm like, you see that over there? That's the Sears Tower. <laughs> and don't let you don't let anybody tell you any different. So uh, I, I hate to say it. I'm, I'm, I'm turning into a crotchety old man when it comes to stuff like that. 
generations of kids are going to come along and not have any fucking clue what we're, what we're talking yeah. about. We're going to go up to the sky deck at Willis Tower. What you talking about? What? <laughs> what you talking about, Willis? Yeah. <laughs> That's the Sears Tower. See how I slid that in there? That was... Yeah. Hey, hey! I, I got you. Uh, so, yeah, we definitely got a lot of Chicago memories in there, and, and only the tip of the iceberg, because there's so many others that we Oh, we could just have, have this be like the Chicago podcast, <laughs> and we don't even live there anymore. But we did for so, so many years. Yeah, twenty. I lived there for 27 years. I lived in Chicago. And I don't have anywhere We've... near the like Wisconsin stories as I have a Chicago right. stories. You know, I have kids' stories and wife stories and life stories, but not like essence of where I live stories like that you only get when you live in the in a place like that. We've hardly that told it, any. It, yeah. We've hardly told any Whitney Young stories. That, that that's oh. a whole other treasure trove. <laughs> someday, someday we, we'll we'll have to have somebody on the show who was there with us. Someday, if, if there's anybody out there that we could dig up for this show. Who isn't dead? Um, but to say, we don't have too many uh, young living, people on our on our Facebook yeah, list. No, we have a lot of Skinner no. people. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of the Skinner people didn't go to Young with us. In fact, right. you and I even you and I were at different schools for middle school. And yeah, I just took off for seventh and eighth grade, but then came back to yeah. Whitney Young for high school. Right. right. So those were your the, the Ogden years, and you know, and then I was at I was at Young the whole time and yeah so it was, you know even so we even we had that divergent path and then you ended up in high school um with me but yeah not a lot of the there weren't a lot of the skinner people who who went there with us and it did usually was it, yeah. it, it was such an easy pipeline because skinner and young were yeah. literally two blocks apart yeah well ernest <laughs> went there and he's dead all right yeah and you know ben Dead. I don't think Ben's dead. I don't think Ben went there yeah. though. No, he didn't. But I'm just trying to think. It's like, man, it's like, who who could we call on? Oh, they're dead. Yeah. Well, that's, that's two. I don't know. I don't know if there's any other classmates of ours that are. That are I hope no not. With. Not that I've heard I about. Not. I hope not. I would, no, we're not that. We're not that old. We we joke about that, but we're not that old to 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 to, to have to start dealing with that kind of stuff yet. And just to know that two out of the 20, what, 23 graduated out of there? It was 23 or 25 that was our graduating size at Skinner. It wasn't, it was, weren't big classes. And just the, you know, two of them that we know of are already gone. Yeah. Well, that, that's been gone a a while. This is not a, like somebody in the lab. This is, yeah, this is both die very young. Yeah, Ernest. Uh, unfortunately, Renard can talk about Ernest because they were at the same uh, at the t- at, at the University of Illinois campus when it happened. When Ernest oh. uh, dropped dead of a heart attack playing basketball, Jeez. so Renard saw that. Um, yeah, it, it, it could be in it, like early twenties, probably. Yeah, but that's crazy. Yeah, very very crazy. Wow. Uh, but I was just thinking about how our our Skinner classmates that what Facebook has done, how amazing it is that. There's we've there's more of our Skinner classmates that that I am friends with on Facebook than there aren't. You know what I mean? I'm thinking about all the people that I don't have any contact with uh, from our graduating class of '88. Oh, sure. And there there's only a, a few that I can really think of that I that I don't 
that I haven't had any contact with at all. I'm not going to uh, go by uh, uh, last names or whatever, just by first names. Josh, I don't know where he is, thank goodness, because he was an asshole. Um, <laughs> Prentice, I haven't heard uh, hear or hide about oh, him you know, in so Prentice, long. Prentice, you know, Prentice yeah. always had big I, I don't know if you were ever there for any of them, but he always had the big sleepover, the big birthday. No, uh, I wasn't invited to go. <laughs> oh, those, those were good. And his place was gorgeous. Oh, my God. He lived in the nicest okay. house. He lived, he lived in Wicker Park. And he just. Okay. It, that's that's oh, why I wasn't invited. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's a, yeah. Amazing, amazing place. And Ben had sleepovers all the time, too. And it was funny because the, the ones that Ben had were always, it was it always because it was for his birthday. But it always coincided with the setting the clocks forward. Oh, okay. So everybody was always all messed up because <laughs> you know, and, and we and we were up late. We were watching movies. We we're watching movies we probably shouldn't have been watching. But yeah, yeah. those were man, those were some 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 good times back then. And it's like it's just weird how things that you know I just haven't thought about. It's funny watching like my with my daughter now being in first grade that the things that she's kind of going through now are like, like kicking up the memories of when I was in school, that things that I had never even like given a second thought for 35 years mm-hmm. that I start to remember like, Oh wow. You know, like going into her classroom, you know, and being in like walking into her classroom for the first time. I was like, wow, <laughs> this is, it's weird. Cause it just, you know, I was like, I could see like us back in Skinner again. I was like, well, this is, well, I'm having flashbacks. So I got to get out of here. <laughs> right. Having uh, yeah. his Charvat flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> I've never. Oh. I, I don't think I've ever gotten a teacher that angry at me since, uh, and that was first grade. So I was, I, I peaked early, I think. Uh, wow. She, yeah, she uh, she left the room. She had to leave the room for some reason, and she made sure to tell us all, you know, very sternly, "Do not get up from your desk. I'll be right back." And uh, literally a minute later, I'm up from my desk and peeking in the hallway oh, looking for my teacher. And when she came back in there, she grabbed the desk out from under me and shook me and was like, did I not tell you to not get up? And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. Uh, so I, I really uh, got on nerves. And now other people were up, but I was the only one sticking my head out of the classroom. So she, so I'm the one that she saw, and that's why she yeah. came back so angry. Um, but, yeah, I, I like I said, I peeked her. I, I found – other more subtle ways of getting under teacher's skin later on, but that was like a visceral, angry, like shaking, uh, shaking mad teacher right there in Miss Charvat. And that's too bad because I liked her, but but she was pissed. <laughs> yeah, and I came in real late in first grade. Yeah, you you weren't from the first day, but you were there uh, maybe yeah. halfway through the year. I, I I I transferred in. It was late winter, early spring. There was only a few months. Yeah, so I, I, but I definitely was, uh, I was, it was after Christmas time. So it was probably like January, February or something. But yeah, I I don't remember. I don't have a whole lot of deep, deep memories of first grade because I wasn't at Skinner for first grade um, for that long. And the the funny part was, see, I skipped kindergarten, right? Completely skipped it. I mean, I went my first day in kindergarten. My teacher was like something or other, and I just like was reading, like completely just reading <laughs> with like no problem. I could completely, I, and she's like, "Yeah, come with me." And then all of a sudden, I was in first grade. I'm like, wow, that was this school stuff's easy. Yeah. Uh, but then when I got transferred, then when my mom was like, "Well, I can't keep him at this school because you know he's, he's smart kids," so she gets me into Skitter, you know, for smart kids, and 
then they were like, we're going to keep you with your age group. So I went then from second grade back to first because <laughs> <laughs> they wanted to keep me with my, with my age class. So yeah, if they hadn't done that, I would have been in that year ahead with a completely different class. But they were, you know, they, they basically, they just, it was like skipped kindergarten. And then they said, well, we want them to be back with, you know, especially because, you know, Skinner was, you know, higher learnings, you know, quote, unquote, right. one of the best of the sort of, it, was, it wasn't really it was kind of public, semi quasi public school. Um, so that's how I ended up back in first grade. So I was actually they in second it, grade to start that year. They called it a classical school. Classical I still school, yeah. Or magnet. I don't know exactly school. what that Young is. was considered a magnet school. Whitney Young was a magnet school, right. And then, yeah, Skinner Classical. No idea yeah. what that meant. No, not, no still idea. don't know. I have well, a very I still vivid... get in trouble like with the wife because I still call it grammar school, which must be like a yeah. total Chicago thing, you know. Yeah. And I know we've talked about that on the show before, but yeah, I was like, yeah, when I was in grammar school, you mean grade school? No, no, grammar school. <laughs> I, that's got to be a total Chicago thing. It's like pop. People get <laughs> very angry if you call soda pop, but that's what it is. <laughs> what do you want? <sighs> No, I have very vivid memories of first grade because the first day um, I was totally, totally confused as to where I was supposed to go. I oh, didn't go okay. to room. I didn't go to room two hundred one, which is where first grade was taking place. I went to the office, whatever room the office was. I think it was like two, two thirteen or something like that. Two thirteen upstairs. So I sat there in I the office. Ah! <laughs> How do I know that? And it wasn't like I was getting sent to the office all the time. That's always where Miss uh, Miss Stuber, Stuber, Stuber was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's she's the one that they took me by the hand, and and she was like, "Where are you supposed to be?" And I said, <laughs> "I'm supposed to be right here. This is uh, this is where first grade is, right?" And she's like, "No, let me take you to where first grade is." Yeah. And I had no idea. I was well, at least you didn't room, accidentally so. walk into one of the rooms on the first floor. Your life could have turned out totally different. That would have really been an experience. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll have to explain another time. <laughs> yeah. You would have been yeah, wearing headphones for most of your life. <laughs> or walking with a cane. Uh, yeah. Yeah, she... She, she had to take me by the hand to, to, to the first grade room. And everyone, all the kids were sitting there. So every right off the bat, I maybe should have known that maybe I wasn't quite as gifted as I thought I was because all the other kids were where they were supposed to be. And I'm sitting there with my book bag and just, I, this is why I was supposed to be right here. What are you talking about? What do you, what do you mean? Um, but yeah, that's, uh, boy, that's a long, long time ago. Uh, Man. All right. Well, we got to like, I don't want to get sniped. So I guess that's yeah. a wrap. Uh, I guess so. I was going to, Count up the games we're different on real quick. Quite a few uh, this week. Yeah, I was just, I was, there's a lot. That's got to be like for a short week. That's got to be like six. Two, three, four, five. Very good. Exactly six. No, thank you. Yeah. No, not counting Thursday, of course. Yeah, so, so seven. Technical seven out of the 13 games. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I think, I just, I think it's going to be a fun get, fun day tomorrow. It's going to be some, some things happening that neither one of us uh, – well, yeah, the, you you could use a, a five and one or a six and zero oh or something like that. I so. sure sure as hell could. <laughs> uh, hopefully, I can stay away from and a lock. Like that. Need to win that lock. So now I'm rooting for the uh, Steelers. And and you're rooting for Chicago. You locked in the Bears of all teams. Wow. I'm would have never thought desperate. that. Desperate. <laughs> all right, he is a desperate Jay, and I am uh, somewhat comfortable, but for, only for now, Dre. 
And this has been In Much Less Detail, the podcast with Chicago memories, old Chicago memories at the forefront in the uh, in the after show. I guess we're getting ready for Thanksgiving in our own way, uh, going back and remembering uh, the old times. Yeah. Uh, so we will be back Tuesday, uh, Tuesday, Tuesday night at, at uh, two, oh, okay, Tuesday at ten o'clock Central, Tuesday. eleven o'clock so, Eastern. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I won't be home by nine o'clock. So Tuesday's got to be a ten o'clock show for the Triple Gobble. There you go, Tuesday at ten Central, eleven Eastern for the Triple Gobble to get ready for Thanksgiving and to recap Week Eleven in the NFL, which will take place most of it tomorrow, and. Can't wait for those two Monday night games, uh, those two primetime games, boy. Whew. Uh, Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.